Storm Bowling Products. The Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Brianna Cote. Brianna bowled collegiately at Central Missouri State. She has two PWBA titles and is the reigning PWBA Player of the Year. Brianna, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin here. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, definitely. My pleasure. All right, Thanks well, for let's, having me. Sure thing. Let's get right into things. PWBA 2021 Player of the Year. Uh, let's talk about that. If you look through the statistics on the website, one thing comes to mind when I look at them for you, and it's consistency. For you, seeing your and earnings, points, appearances, average, match plays, somewhat everything. When you go back and look at this season, though, what are a few things that stick out to you as, as far as what led to those great statistics and the great year for you on tour? Definitely, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy to to think that first of all the year is over it was a, a long season but you know once they finalized the stats you're really able to see kind of like the accumulation of of what you did for the season because some days some weeks it felt like you did nothing <laughs> and some weeks it felt like you know you were on cloud nine so to kind of see it come together as far as points and an average and money and everything that they keep track of which is you know kind of great to reflect on um yeah i mean consistency was definitely key you know there was a couple couple weeks where I didn't bowl great and I, I you know I missed the top 32 twice and you know that that just shows that you know just because you have bad weeks doesn't mean you can't have a great season uh, we are human and um, unfortunately we're going to not bowl good sometimes but um, it's trying to minimize when we're not going to bowl good and just when we do bowl bad to correct those mistakes and just be mentally strong for the next week and come out and with a new game plan and a fresh mindset and, and tackle whatever's in front of you. So I would say that consistency was definitely uh, one of the keys to my success as well as just being patient for such a long season. Yeah, definitely a long season. And, and I want to talk a little bit too about your, your time there on team USA, but, uh, as, as far as as far as Reno goes, one of the in- interesting things I thought, uh, and I like seeing that going into the end, you had to have known that you were in a pretty good position, had three big tournaments there, and uh, you had posted there where you had said that your goal was just to make every single shot count. You know, and I think that's mm-hmm. something that yep. a lot of people forget. They start they start looking way ahead, or you know, maybe looking down the line a little too far. And it sounds like you were able to kind of keep your mind in the present. Oh, definitely, yeah. And it's it's so easy to to get ahead of yourself when things are going super well and you're like, oh, man, I'm so close to making a show, but yet you still have, you know, 12 more games of bowling to play. <laughs> so um, it's very mm-hmm. easy to get, to get caught up in that. And, yeah, my goal was just to make every shot count. And it was the last three events of the season. And I wanted to do well. I wanted to perform well. And, of course, I always want to win, but, you know, you have to make every shot count. There's not one shot that's more important than the other when it's such an accumulation of, of an entire season and a lot of hard work 
Uh, you never know when that one shot that you kind of let get away from you really did matter. And so after after the tournament and you're qualified, you know, you qualified top seed, you end up uh, losing to Shannon during that title match. How does that work for you as far as not looking too far back but still going back and reflecting on, on things? And how do you handle that process? Every bowler handles it a little different and even a little, you know, each tournament obviously is a little different as well. Or is it? You know, they say if, if you're in you know football, if you have a bad game, 24 hours, it's out of your mind. Is that your mindset, or how do you go about kind of processing things and going back over a tournament, uh, whether and let's even say whether you win or lose? Because if you you know you win, mm-hmm. you probably have to do some sort of re- reflecting as well. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, you have to reflect on on everything, whether it's a win or a loss. You know, there's always areas that you did really well, and there's always areas that could. Um, have improvement upon but you know especially when we have three events in one you know 24 hours is really we really don't have 24 hours to to bounce back and kind of reflect on on the previous tournament because within 24 hours we may be already three or four games into the next event so I think the best thing for me personally was just kind of taking the evening and just kind of you know having a dinner reflecting say hey I did my best um, maybe visit it again later and just kind of go from there. But I really try not to look too much in depth when I know I have two more events um, ahead of myself. <laughs> so uh, just take it one event at a time and just try to, um, I guess, strategically plan it out as I go. <laughs> and, and overall, I mean, you had such a fantastic performance in, in Reno in the first two tournaments and, going in to qualify for the tour championships. What, what Do you always bowl good in the stadium? Is that just a place that you just have a really good feel? Or? <laughs> you know, I I always, when I was younger, I used to go to Reno a lot um, with my family when they bowled ABC championships and now it's the Open Championships. So I always wanted to bowl there since I was really little. And then when I finally been able to get the opportunity to bowl there, I think I just really take in the facility and, that I'm actually able to compete in there now. And I, I just enjoy being there and, and competing in Reno. And I happen to bowl well there most of the time. Um, so I think it's just more of, you know, being grateful to be in that facility and competing in, in a place that I used to go to as a little kid, just wishing I could it could bowl instead of being up in the stands, watching the bowling ball disappear in the pin deck. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's a cool place and, um, I, I love going there. And then just kind of last thing on there, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, I saw a lot of chatter about some people kind of discrediting Shannon's win a little bit, saying, well, she's left-handed. I mean, does that annoy you as much as it annoyed me? It, you know, it does. And, you know, <laughs> um, my mom's left-handed. I do a lot of things left-handed. And it it. it I don't discredit Shannon whatsoever. She still had to throw the ball. She still had to knock over 10 pins. And and she did it. And she bowled amazing. And, and no, she, she earned that victory. You know, unfortunately, I was on the other side of it. I didn't have the best ball reaction. But um, mm. I never gave up. I still tried to figure out what was going on in the lanes. You know, the right side looked a little wishy-washy that day. And that's okay. But just because she was on the other side of the lane doesn't mean it was easier. She still had to perform. She's still an amazing bowler. 
And I would never count her out, even if, you know, it was opposite where the right side looked amazing and the left side looked hard. I would never count her out. So I will never discredit her win at all. And and even the lane-to-lane difference on, on your pair in that championship match looked like really tricky. Yes. It was very tricky, and, and that's just that's just bullying in general, and that can happen to to anybody on any pair. And um, you know, like I said, she, I will never discredit her win. She's a dear friend of mine, and um, you know, she earned it. And she, she, it's still not easy to to shoot two eighty, two forty on TV. So I mean, come on. <laughs> mm. Truth there. And Brianna, as we move on, it is a Collegiate Spotlight podcast sponsored by Storm here. You, you, Central Missouri was your uh, college. Why don't you talk people through? We have a lot of people listening to this. They're mm-hmm. somewhat in their college season. They're, they're, you know, their tournament started in September. So can you kind of talk people through how, how they sh- should work through some things? Let's say they're going through a slump, or let's say there's something going on in their mm-hmm. game. What, what are some tips you maybe have for those players out there? Of, of course, broadly speaking, as far as what bowlers can do, what, what these collegiate players can do and these collegiate athletes can do to, to help themselves uh, maybe get out of maybe a little funk they're in. Oh, definitely. You know, and you know, we've all been through slumps, and I think, one of the the biggest things to to do is is one just recognize that you know maybe you're struggling with something. I think you know sometimes we try not to um, be self accountable and know that there is something maybe that we need to work on. So just just being able to say, hey, look, I, I think I'm struggling on something um, is kind of like that first step in trying to get help and just realize what it is so you can work on it. And just lean on, on the people around you, whether it's your coaches, your teammates, just to help you get through that moment. And whether it's spending, you know, 10 more minutes at practice to uh, work on that one thing or just taking a little bit extra time in your own shots, whether it's, just, you know, you're having trouble with spare shooting, maybe just focus more on your second shot than your first shot. You know, it's really not one big thing there are a bunch of little things that you can do to get out of your slump you know some things take longer than others and it's just have patience and do the best you can ask for help and you will get out of it um i can't say hey if you're going to be out of it tomorrow but you will get out of it and you will do great and you will perform um it's just going to take time and, and a little bit of effort well and i think a lot of times too and let's let's chat a little bit about your your trip there for Team USA to Columbia for the, the Pan Am tournament. And uh, you didn't get off to a great start there, it sounded like. But you were still no. able to, to grind your way through there. So so tell us about that. Yeah, I, you know, I did not bowl very well in singles. And it's funny because what I saw in practice session, I was like, man, this is, I think I got a handle on what's going on. And then the next day I was like, maybe I don't. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, that's okay. And, you know, anybody who's, who's bowled in one facility and they lay out the pattern multiple times, you know, things change, the environment changes, and that can kind of change what's going on day to day. So I kind of got lost and was trying to work on some things. Um, Physically didn't throw it great because I really wasn't seeing the lane very well. So when, you know, you're not seeing it very well, you're trying to make things happen. You're trying to make strikes and try to manufacture some ball reaction. And I think I was trying to throw – um, certain balls that maybe were just a little too quick, maybe something was a little bit smoother because the pattern was was pretty hard and pretty flat. And you know, if 
if you missed in, it was like somebody kicked it and it just went crazy last. So, you know, just trying to find out what what concoction of, of bowling balls and surface and what I need to do physically if I just needed to get the ball off my handle and kind of let the lane take it uh, and just, you know, be patient and make my spares. So as, as the week went on, I learned more and more what worked and just had a better handle on what the lanes were doing. And, you know, I had good coaches that were also seeing that because we all kind of – singles was not really a great out for for the Team USA bunch. Um, but when it's doubles hit, we were really starting to get some information and build it so we could, you know, really tackle the team event, which is what we were there for to um, to take home the gold medal. And we finally got everyone seeing the lane pretty close or at least seeing what we needed to see um, within ourselves because our games were so different and knew we needed to control the pocket. If we weren't striking but we were getting nine, that was kind of a bonus because the lanes were hard. And if the strike started to come, just kind of ride that wave. And um, we did great. You know, we led by a lot in the end. So, um, yeah, it was just a lot of analyzing what was working, what wasn't, and just being patient. And it paid off definitely when it came to team event for, for the men and women. So when it comes to those uh, trips overseas and your your bowling or your trips out of the country, I should say, um, <laughs> for Team USA, how do you prepare mentally for those? I'm sure you know there's a physical preparation you guys make, but how do you prepare mentally for some of the things you're going to encounter when you're bowling for Team USA? Yeah, it's it's a lot different than you know when you're bowling on tour because when you're bowling on Team USA or or any team. As a matter of fact, you, you're bowling for someone else, not just yourself. So I think for me, mentally, I just prepared myself to say, look, you know, whatever happens this week, you know, I can't be selfish. I need to do what's better for the team so we can have the end goal of, of bringing home that team gold medal. And I think when any kind of team competition, whether it's internationally or collegiately or even high school, um, you need to just be a little bit less selfish and try as best you can to do what's for the greater good. And it, and it can be really hard. It was really hard for me when I started bowling collegiately. It took me a little bit of time to learn. And um, being an only child, you know, I, <laughs> it took me a little bit. So, um, But it also comes with, with age and maturity. So um, you just try to try to get everyone there together to work as a team. Um, as best you can. So I think you just try to look at it as you're bowling for someone other than yourself um, and also your country when you are in the international um, setting. Well, well, you had just a, just quite an unbelievable run here now for the, the past four weeks. So I think the, the next question is going to be, what's up for you next? You know, <laughs> um, you know, just kind of taking some, um, I wouldn't say time off, um, but, uh, I don't really have any major competitions set right now. Um, right now, I'm just looking forward to bowling league <laughs> and some local tournaments for the next month or so. Um, my next largest competition will be team trials in January. And so other than that, it's just practice, bowl league, you know, spend the holidays with family and, and you know, just kind of chill out because it's been a kind of a chaotic uh like you said, four weeks. <laughs> but even after this year, you have to hit the trials. You don't. You don't just get the automatic seed, huh? You have to go and earn your spot again. Definitely, yeah. You know, nothing is 
nothing is a guarantee, and um, you know, it's, it, Team USA is is still something near and dear to my heart, and I still have goals that I want to achieve with Team USA. So I'm going to be, you know, trying out for the team again. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If not, you know, I'll keep working hard to to achieve those dreams. Um, has stopped me before, so. Um, and then we'll prepare for the the 22 tour season, which you know, it's just gonna it, it time flies by. It's gonna come sooner than than I probably realize. So um, won't be able to have too much downtime as I'll have to prepare for for the next season. Yeah, what is it? What are those preparations look like for you? I mean, I know you said you have some local stuff and you'll bowl league, so you won't just put the bowling equipment in the closet for a, a you know an extended period of time. But once you're getting back into that competitive, that Team USA trials shape, how does that look for you? Is it more practice? Is it more focus practice? Is it all of the above? What what what? How do you handle that? Yeah, definitely. You know. Um I wish I could say that I'm like a, a, a huge practicer, but you know, working full time, also on top of, of being a full time pro, I uh, you know when I'm not traveling, I you know my time is a little bit more limited as far as, as being on the lane. So I definitely use leagues just to keep my my body moving and my muscle memory sharp. But I will spend some time at the training facility in Tempe at B3 Performance um, just to pull on some patterns and use the torch and use the um, specto machines just to make sure that I'm still on my A game. And I, and I try to go up there at least once a month and as well as just practice here. Um, and the, the best thing that I do for practice is I, I bowl local tournaments that we have in and around the Phoenix area. We have a good organization that holds events there once a month and we get to bowl on different patterns and uh, compete against a lot of talent that we have here in Arizona. So I think that keeps me on my toes pretty well. Um, that's what's helped me, I think, a lot this year is just being able to compete and um, try to blow against the guys and see what, you know, they use the lane to try to help sharpen my game. And, that's you know, that's that's really how I, how I tackle things and, you know, mentally just try to keep my head on as tight as possible <laughs> during the, the ups and downs. So at the B3 training facility, you're bowling on the strings over there. What do you think of those? And, and that will prepare you because you have to hit your hits have to be a little more solid in most cases to carry the corner. So what what are your impressions on the on the string pins? Oh, uh, those string pins give you a pretty good reality check. Um, <laughs> they are hard. They are very hard. You know, it it really magnifies the flat ten hit. But yes, it definitely makes you see your ball. Like you want to make sure your ball is shaping and really going through the pocket a little bit harder, or a little bit heavier to carry those pins. So it definitely helps you see how your bowling ball is going through the pins. And the string pins, they're, they're tough. So no, they don't fly around as easy. They, you know, they like to do some weird things. But I think it it does sharpen you, like for visually just seeing what pins can do when they're um, on strings. And again, to help you with the ball motion through the pins. So it's, um, it's unique. It's very unique. And um, if anyone has never bowled on string pins, I would suggest trying it just so you can see the difference because it's a huge difference. <laughs> and, and I've never I've never bowled on strings myself. Um, and I know that's just one little aspect there of B3. But I've heard a lot of great things about that place. And I've, I've never been there yet. So hopefully one day uh, I can get out there and, yeah. and maybe I'll see you out there too. 
Yeah, definitely. It's a great facility. You know, they they have everything you could possibly use for for training. You know, they have different patterns. They they have the torch and inspector that you can use, and it's also the the string pin. So it's a great little facility here that we have on the west coast, you should say, for um, for anyone that just wants to to better themselves and, and better their game. And um, I'm very thankful to to have that close to home. Yeah, Steve, on your next business trip down here, you have to check that place out. You will uh they'll give you a great tour and treat you yes. like a king, but it's it's uh it's quite a facility and you uh you, you have to bring bring a three ball bag and check that place out on your next trip. Definitely. All right. That's it that's a deal. I like that. You can stir up some business for me, Bree. So I can you say <laughs> this is a business yeah. trip. I gotta get down there, stir up some business. <laughs> yeah. It's like five minutes from the airport, so it's perfect. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Cool. Yeah, I look forward to that. So, well, thank you so much, Brianna, for just sharing your time with us and uh, and congratulations on just an amazing season and uh, just quite a month you've had here. But it's been, uh, you know, to be named the player of the year is no small feat. And uh, that requires just a consistent, you know, solid performance, just tournament in and tournament out all year. So congratulations on that. And uh, surely look forward to catching up with you again and, and seeing you around here sometime soon. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's still kind of sinking in, but um, definitely thank you for, for everything. And um, I'm grateful that you guys had me on the show and I could um, help shed some light on anything. <laughs> so 